happy to be born again. I can hear you. I don't like that kind of wishy-washy talk. You don't talk like a car that the boat and notes have, have, have been put asunder. I said I'm happy to be a child of God. <laughs> Amen forevermore. Turn to someone beside you, ask him or her, are you happy to be a child of God? You know, in this house, over the past few days, God has been speaking to us in a very strong way. And I believe very much that God is preparing this house for the rain that is coming. I was speaking with the workers and I saw a mighty rain sent by God upon this church, Christ Peter Banaco Global. And that rain became a flood. And the flood moved from nation to nation. And somebody came to me after the service and said, my wife woke me up to tell me that she had a dream. And in her dream, the Lord said to her, showed her a mighty rain coming upon CFC that became a very great flood. He said, I was, I was surprised, Apostle, when you were talking about it. The Bible says the truth shall be established by two or three weaknesses. Now listen to me, church. Because of the mandate of heaven for you, in this end time. That is the reason why God has established this church on the truth. From this pulpit, no lie has come out. No lie will come out and no lie shall come out. So that everyone who hears the word of God from this pulpit, you can be guaranteed in your life that you have had the truth and nothing but the truth. I will together now. In your hand this morning is your bulletin. I wanted to read the bulletin when I was writing it yesterday night. I was so excited by, by writing this. You will find a lot of information they are very useful. But you know, our plight in this season is this. The Word of God has a lot of promises for Christians. Yes, and yet many Christians are struggling. And we began to look at, you know, what could be responsible for it. Some have blamed the devil for it. Some have blamed men, other people for it. That is their inability to fulfill what God is saying. But I began to teach you about something about God, the origin of God. That is the beginning when God began to create things. And so we began to look at God's principles and then see if our life falls in line with such principles. If God could be successful, regardless of every odd, and Jesus was successful, regardless of every odd, and God in Christ promised us who are born again, why should Christians therefore be struggling with success? I'm not talking about money now, I'm talking about success. A successful believer is a believer who knows his God very well. To the extent that they cannot, no one can deceive him about his God. That's a successful Christian. A successful Christian does not seek money. A, a, a prosperous Christian does not seek money. A true Christian does not seek fame. You don't want to be a celeb. There is only one celeb in the church of God. His name is Jesus. A true Christian does not seek riches. But he seeks the kingdom. 
When you find the kingdom, strange enough, everything will fall in line. Okay? The Bible says, however, there should be no poor among you. If you find the kingdom, you cannot be poor. Alright? Bring my, my semi-altar. I love to stand with you when I'm teaching you. Because I recognize when I went to Israel that Jesus Christ, when he was teaching, he walks about among the people. And I said, no wonder Apostle Williams doesn't stand in one place and preach. Now, let me run you through a few things. You believe that the word of God is true. Say amen. amen. Now, let's look at the origin of the word of God concerning you. In the book of Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Let's see the origin of man as in the plans of God. What did he say? Then God said... Yes, that is your beginning. God's intention to create you. He said, I want to create someone in my image and let him rule. There are many things that we have been observing in God that we discover that many of us lack. I'll be talking to you very much about this over the weeks because I want to narrow down to what we have been teaching you on purpose. And until that drives him very well, we cannot move into other things on purpose. Okay, we will come back here. If you look at this scripture, this scripture reveals the purpose for which God is creating man. Do you agree with me? The first purpose of man is that man will be in God's image. Okay? That's his first purpose. He hasn't created man yet. But he has a purpose for man. His purpose is that we will create an entity he will call man. And he will be our replica. On my TV program yesterday, I was talking about you being God's image. If you watched it. That was when I was talking, teaching you about the supremacy of the sons of God. If you are born again, you are above Lucifer. You are above demons. No power under this heaven can come near where you are. Okay? But yet, many Christians fear Satan. Something is wrong with them. And what is wrong with them? Lack of knowledge. I will get it now. The Bible says, God's purpose or ultimate intention to create you is that you are His image. The second thing is that He now gave you function. And He said, let Him rule. Your function is rulership. But then he now gave you jurisdiction or domain from where the word dominion ensues. Now, you know why I'm saying this? Because I want to tell you something else. A ruler who does not know his domain rules over nothing. When God depicted the domain of man, let me help you know something. He said, let him rule over the fish of the sea, 
the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth. Watch this. Then God did not limit it there, it says, and over all the creatures that move along the earth. If God gave you authority over all the earth, Satan is not in heaven, he's in this earth. Revelations chapter 12, read for me, verse 12. Quick, 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 quick. If you find it, get up and read it. Don't wait for that projector. Read it now. Hey, stop. This is cathedral. Let us read cathedral way. Okay. Yes. It says, Woe to the earth, isn't it? And the seas. Because the devil has gone down to you, he is filled with fury because he knows his time is short. Yes? So the devil is in the earth. The devil can be in the sea. Alright? So, woe to those who dwell on the earth. Correct? But those who dwell are different from those who rule. For those who rule, he said, have dominion over everything that dwell therein. Is somebody here? Two different things. There are people who dwell. There are people who rule. God did not give rulership to anybody except his replica. Okay? You can say to me that, but man lost it in Genesis chapter 3. I will tell you not to go too far. When God caused the devil, he put man there. He said that Jesus will come and he will crush your head. That's what he says in chapter 3. So therefore, if somebody is still having problem about who is a Christian, we don't dwell in the earth, for we do not we no longer live in the earth. Alright? We don't have we, look. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6. You come back to this one. I'm just introducing what I want to share with you. Shall we read it together? I have been... Where are you seated? And what did that Revelation 12 to say? Rejoice you who dwell in heaven... But woe to those who dwell on the earth. Now, when you are born again, you are no more a dweller of the earth. Because you have your seat. We have been raised with Christ and seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Yes? Okay. Someone is confused about where Jesus is. But now, you understand you who is born again, you are seated in who? In the heavenly places, in? Say loud. Where are you seated? And where is your seat? Your seat is in Christ Jesus. It's in the heavenly places. 
Now, let us see where is Jesus seated in the heavenly places. Look at chapter 1 of the same Ephesians. And let's read from verse 19. What does verse 19 say? And his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted on Christ Jesus when he raised him up from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the what? Heavenly realms. So if Jesus is seated in the right hand of God and in the heavenly realms, and you have been raised with Christ and seated with him, where are you? Where on in God's side are you? Right or left? Where are you in God's side? So a believer is sitting in the right hand side of God. I think Exodus chapter 15, let's look at verse 6. What did he say? Shall we read that together? Do you understand what I'm telling you? You are raised with Christ, Colossians, uh, Ephesians 2, 6, and seated with, in, in, with Christ in the heavenly realm. Okay? And then, verse 19, chapter, uh, uh, chapter 1 of Ephesians 19 and 20 says that that right hand, that, that heavenly realm we are seated, is the right hand of God. Now, excuse me. And Exodus says, your right hand is majestic in power. <laughs> your right hand shatters the enemy so which means anybody who is a party among those who sit in the right hand of God automatically for sitting there you are sitting in majestic power and you have the, the ability, the power, the grace and everything you can need to shatter the devil. No wonder Jesus said in the book of Luke chapter 10 verse 18. I have given you authority over all the powers of the enemy uh, to trample under your full snakes and serpents and to overcome all the powers of the enemy and nothing by any means shall hurt you. So where do you see Christians when they are telling them that some witches are after them? Woe to them who say that. And woe to the witches that they, they call. Why do, where do you see people now saying that Christians are cursed? Where do you find that from? From the devil. Every puppet that teaches that Satan spoke through them. Because it's only Satan, the spirit of Lucifer, that will speak something contrary to God. You don't go to church to go and buy fear. Come on, let me say something to you. You are seated in the right hand of God. Either you feel so or not, you don't have to feel it. Once you are born again, you are teleported out of this place of the earth. You are no more a dweller, you are a ruler. Are you with me now? You, you are sitting in, in the midst of abundance. The Bible calls it majestic. Majestic means use it anyhow. And it shall work for you. You are not part of those people that the woe of Revelation 12 to affect. It is those who dwell in earth. Okay? We do not live in this world. Those who are born again. We do not live in this world. Hallelujah. We live in Christ, in God, seated in the right hand of God in the heavenly places. Someone says to me that something is working over my head. 
You only need to get born again and that thing will run away from your head. Let me help you understand. The Bible says your body is the temple of who? God. So if that body belongs to God, what's your business and what works inside it? Will you pray about what is working in my house? No, you cannot pray about what it was in my house. My own house is not your house. If something enters my house and I don't like it, what do I do? I throw him out of the gate. If he's lucky. If he's lucky, I will throw him out of the gate. So what's your business about what, 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 what? Something is working in my back. Who did you give your back to? If you give it to Jesus, what's your business? You have given your life to him. What's your business about that? Oh, I had a dream. In my dream, I was eating. As long as when you wake up, you didn't eat. Uh, excuse me. It doesn't matter what you eat when you go on the dream. I've told you if you eat on the dream, it doesn't mean nothing. Those who tell you that it means something, they are all mediums. I came from a, an occultic background, and I'm telling you the truth. Okay? I would have chosen to be lying. But when I die, I will meet the one who is the God of truth. I may have crowd. But when I die, crowd will not go with me. Let me tell you something. Someone says that you are, you are eating on the dream. It means something. You are looking for, your, you can't find your house. You can't find your way. You are walking all over in the dream. You can't find your way. As long as when you wake up, you know the address of your house. <laughs> Excuse somebody. Then go to your house. If in the dream you don't know your house, that house that you didn't know in the dream, may you never know it. That is the house God don't want you to enter. Amen. Hello, man. The finished work of the cross. That right hand of God is majestic in power. Come on now. That's the reason why uh, Paul finished it by praying in that Ephesians chapter 1 back. Let's see it back from verse 18. That is the reason why Paul prayed this prayer. Say it together, shall we? I pray. Yes. Uh-huh. And verse 19. Uh-huh. Yes. Which he exerted. When? So you understand everything together now. The reason why believers... Are subject to slaves is because the eyes of their heart have been darkened by somebody. Misinformed. Misinformed. When a Christian is misinformed, alright, you know what happened? He will call yellow black. He will suffer from color apparition in his mind. Even when you are telling him that this is white, he'll be telling you that there must be a black inside it. Hello, somebody. Galatians says, if the Son therefore, no, for, for, it, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free, no longer to be subject to yoke of slavery. John 8 31. Look at what he says. To the Jews who believe in him, he said, read on. Excuse me, read it, read it together, unison. Uh-huh. Stop! No, 
not to the teaching of deliverance. Because Jesus did it already. Not to the teaching of curses. Jesus broke it by the cross already. That's why we never had any of the disciples teach those things. If you hold to the teachings of Jesus Christ, you are truly disciples. So you can imagine billions of Christians who are not disciples of Christ. Because they have been taught something different from the teachings of Jesus. So people who should rule are working like slaves all over the whole world. Failing because they are not able to imitate God. And blaming demons and devils who have no power at all over them. No wonder they never get results. Jesus says, if you obey my own teaching, you are really my disciples. What did he say from his teaching? And then you what? Yes. And then you will. And. Excuse me, there are four. It is not Apostle Williams' teaching that set you free. It is the teachings of Christ through him. Any teaching from any pulpit that makes you fear is of the devil. Any teaching from any pulpit that binds you to a man is of the devil. Any teaching from any pulpit that, 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 that infringes or threatens the liberty that you have received from the blood of Jesus Christ. It cannot come from the Father. It came from the pit of hell. It doesn't matter the title attached to the speakers of it. For Jesus says, every time a truth from Christ is spoken, there is freedom. Because the freedom comes by illumination. When a man who was said to know that you are a useless man, when he recognizes that he is really not useless, something has taken place. A transition begins. Somebody who has been told you are a miserable person, you will amount to nothing in the world. If someone can help him see that what is written about you is different. Really what is written about you is that you are a great person. The moment he can see it, a transition begins. Jesus did not go to the cross only to bind man. He went to the cross to set man free. He does not need the help of any other man to assist those men to be free. Because he paid for it with his blood on Calvary. He only needs a man to point others to the cross. So that the eyes can be enlightened. Therefore, I will finish my lecture on purpose. We are still talking about purpose. But today, you may talk this title, Aligning Your Purpose with God's Purpose. That's what I'm teaching about. Aligning your purpose with God's purpose. Okay? In looking at this, in the next 15 minutes, we're going to be looking at God from Genesis chapter 1 and how he operated his purpose. If you look at the book of Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Is that so in your Bible? Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. Write this down. God created the heavens and the earth. And what happened in the next verse? Shall we read together please? Now, a cathedral reads,
Come on now. God created the heavens and the earth. But on strange enough, the next verse is darkness covers what God created. Alright? That should be a challenge, isn't it? Yes? Come on now. That's a challenge. A challenge is something that is different from the norm. You created something, and then it became darkness. You came and saw it, and darkness covered it. Don't let's look at the theological of this, but let's look at the real of this. Did God intend for the earth to be void, to be empty? No. no. Because I read to you that God created man and said, rule over the earth. And he said, rule over the, the fishes of the sea, the birds of the air, over all animals and all creeping things. Which means that those things are in God's concept, why he was creating the whole earth. He will not create a man to rule over empty, empty world, no. But however, the earth was empty. It was chaos, void. But in the midst of the chaos and darkness, God did not panic. His move, free was moving. Let me help you know this. There are two principles that are taught in the intellectual world, which are the key instrument to navigate through complex situations. It's called re- resilience and confidence. Confidence and resilience. If you are running a company and that company crashes from the stock, st- stock exchange for one reason, all right, you know you lost money. Some people commit suicide. What makes them commit suicide? Because they do not have confidence or resilience. Every challenge by Every challenge should be turned to advantage. You must have this understanding. Whenever you are faced with challenges, leverage it to an advantage. For there is always an opportunity for an innovation to come when all things failed. There will always be something new that can be better than what failed. That is the reason why the old failed. It takes a man who has confidence and resilience not to be shaken and be bamboozed or confused when it seems as if you have got to dead end. A man who can be confident and have resilience is a man who at dead end and calamity and confusion, he can stop and look inwardly. Okay? Self-examination. When such a man looks inwardly, he will find out that it is not, there is not only one way that could have brought this, and he could now innovate. He will come with revelation of heaven. So when God saw darkness and chaos over what he has created, contrary to his intention, he didn't panic. God looked into God. He did not say that, come, let us make collaboration. There is always a solution for every problem. But only those who can look inwardly will always discover. Mark my words. Applicable to church, applicable to marriage, applicable to company, applicable to business. So, if you look at it, Isaiah 45 verse 18 tells us God's purpose for creation. Let's read together. For this is what the Lord says. Come on, stop. Don't read the word of my God like that. Because this is a word of confidence. 
This is what the Lord says. He who created the heaven, he is God. Come on, when God is boasting about himself, you know he wants to tell you something. Something very, very deep. What did he say thereafter? He who fashioned, yes? My Lord. That is your God. <laughs> Do you see the boasting of God there? God began by boasting that I am God. Amen. Now let me now tell you. After God said I'm God, for you not to be disarrayed, it doesn't matter circumstance around you, God gave him a name that is above all names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things in heaven on earth and under the earth. Whether the devil is in the earth or under the earth or in the heaven, it doesn't matter. Or satellite is not your business. God was boasting of himself and said, look, I am God. And then God went further to say, I did not create the earth to be empty. I did not create it to be void. I wish that much men were hearing God when he was speaking that. Now for God to say this to the prophet Isaiah, he was in the midst of the chaos, verse 2, of chapter 1 of Genesis. Then Satan was all over the whole place, darkness was all over the whole place. Revelation 12, 12 says, Satan had been cast to the earth, and now the earth was void and darkness covered. And God was boasting, and Isaiah picked it up, that I am God. Though it is chaos, though it is darkness, though it is empty, I have a plan. I am God, and my plan cannot change, says the Lord. No wonder Isaiah further said in chapter 14, verse 24. He said, the Almighty has sworn, surely as I plan it shall be, as I purpose it will what? Stand. I think God is speaking to somebody. All the accusation against devils, stop it. Rather begin to rejoice in the avalanche power of God who made promise and who delivers the promise only to those who believe. Don't let circumstance of life determine your faith. Let circumstance of life bow to your belief, bow to your faith in God. I don't think God can say more than this that He's saying. Hello, listen to me. I am not preaching to you from a far distance that you may not know. Neither am I telling you what I do not know. Listen to me. You know I'm a troublemaker when it comes to devils. When I went to preach in the Jebulan, eh, the, 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 the people they call um, uh, uh, the mediums and the heads of the mediums, they were so foolish. They came to my crusade and they came with the altar, the pole of the altar of Asherah. Okay? With what they call Shaki. And they followed the kings. And these people have intimidated the kings for so long that the king, oh, they feared, the king told me they feared these people more than God. Okay? They claim they have power. They claim they can kill and maim to the extent that when they are coming in the day with their white gown, people run away. Now here came this young preacher from England. And then... All of them came, coming out from their big, big cars with their kings. The kings in the front and the martial men at the back. You know, when I saw them coming from the cars, I was around there. I was saying in my head, 
You don't have to know what I'm saying. I was boiling inside me that today we will know who is God here. You read the contest of Mankamel. It shall be contest of Mansagamu. Yes! If Elijah can be read, Alfred will be read. What about you? You will be read. So, when the time came, they gave me the microphone. You know what I said? Today, my sermon is, who is God? Everybody went, hmm. When I began to tell them who God is, I now threw an open challenge. I said that there are some people who call themselves the world. Okay? I said, I have been told about this tribe, how powerful you are in curses. I said, somebody has come from England looking for a man who has power to curse him. This is my head curse. Everybody froze in the open air. Some people say, we have never seen this before. Yes, 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 yes. They have never seen it because somebody has never read the truth to understand it. I said to them, curse me, I beg you. When they couldn't curse me, I said, kill me with voodoo. I said, okay, if you can't kill me, anybody here, kill them with your voodoo. I said, if you can strike anybody dead, I will command life into that dead. Try it. They were looking. At this time, the altar pole, the hell, fell down one after the other. They were holding it as you were sitting. I didn't tell them to put it down. No, when Moses dropped his rod, and the Egyptian magician dropped their rod, Moses did not tell the rod what to do. The Egyptian's rod that became serpent, their serpent came to Moses' serpent. Moses' serpent didn't look for them. And they bowed their head. And Moses' serpent swallowed one after the other. I can imagine what those magicians... <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes when you read the Bible, it looks like a fiction. No, you see, it is no fiction. I took you to the place. Their mantle shaki fell from their shoulder. When I gave altar call, all their kings looked back and they saw that their men are panting with fear. They stood up with their two hands and gave their life to Jesus Christ. The king said to me, how will we not give our life to Jesus? They told them, don't bring that idol to my palace anymore. We fear you people for a long time. Now we fear God. Hallelujah. They said to me, Apostle Williams, why did we accept Jesus when you came? He said, because your own Jesus is different from the Jesus you have been hearing about. Amen. Amen. They said, because people who come here before, they just talk about Jesus saved, Jesus delivered, Jesus healed, that's all. And these people will be here, nobody will confront them. For the first time somebody confronted them, you challenged their power, you told them to use their power to do good or bad, and they can't do anything. I said, that you will follow your God. They said, we saw you collect their chance and burnt it before their eyes. They gave me a little, I smashed it on the floor, I pressed the head and said, this is a little, let him last something, let us see it. Why am I doing that? It is not anointing. It is faith in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You cannot convince me that the Bible is not so. The Bible says Jesus was spoiled principalities and power. He did what? Made a public shoe of them. And so what? Triumphing over them by the cross. And Jesus says, I have given you too authority over all the 
powers of the enemy and nothing of his by any means shall hurt you. But he's talking about those who believe in him as the scripture says. John 8, 31, 32. Now let me help you understand something. Therefore, if you have doubts about the scriptures, it's because you have not believed God as the scripture says. Someone has not shown you who you truly are in the mirror. The Bible is a mirror. Look at it, you see yourself. If anybody tell you anything less than what I'm saying, let it be a curse in the midst of men. I am an apostle of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in this age. Not by the will of men, but by the will of he who appeared unto me also. I can say that. I didn't see Jesus one time. I saw him several times. You are witnesses. What I told you will happen in England. Is that not what is happening to the government now? Did I not tell you that this government will come to this position? Did I not tell you that I saw a 22nd of a month and this country has no head? Has our Prime Minister not mentioned 22nd as her last day of May? So you think I had belly food to be seeing those things? Hallelujah, somebody. <laughs> when we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. When we do his good will, he'll abide with us still and with all who will trust and obey. Trust and for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust. If you listen to my voice on earth and you follow the God who appeared unto me, you can never be defeated in this world. You will be successful to the maximum limit of success before you die, and you will reign with him when he comes. Listen to me. So, in chapter 2, there was chaos, but God was not moved. And verse 2, chapter 1 of Genesis. But if you look at verse 3, what do you see? And God said, let there be light. Can I say something to you? As long as you keep your mouth shut, things can still remain as they are. The moment you look inside and speak, things will shift according to what you have said. We looked at that on the first. When God said, I put my words in your mouth, Isaiah 55, He says, say it and it shall be so. Every false doctrine is to kill your faith so that your authority will be watered down. And you will, sub- you will only be at the mercy of one man who claims he knows. He knows nothing. Those who know, Take others and show them where the knowing is. So that they too may know. When Jesus was resurrected and they went to the disciples, did they not take them to the same tomb? Did did Mary claim superiority for seeing Jesus first? No. No, she took others to the same tomb. Any minister cannot take people to the place of power is fake. who says, I have some power, you cannot have it, he's a liar. John 14, 12, Jesus says, if you have faith in me, you will do the thing I have been doing. Greater work shall you do, because I go to my father, and he says, and I will do whatever you ask in my name. He says, ask whatever in my name. He didn't say apostle or prophet or teacher, forget it. 
If I cast out devil in the name of Jesus, you cannot do so. If I raise the dead in the name of Jesus, you cannot do so. If I prophesy in the name of the Lord, you can also do so. Everything. Don't let anyone lie to you any longer. And don't put yourself down any further. Alright? I end up by saying this to you. Someone said to me that, but what is the problem with me? You need to recognize God did everything according to a purpose. He said in that 45 that I have a purpose to create a world that will be inhabited. Then when he created man, he said, come, let us make man in our image. This is the purpose of them, that they may rule. When he sent Jesus Christ to die, he said his purpose is to redeem man back to his original position. So that anybody who believes in Jesus is restored back to the original position. They have the authority like Adam who did not fall hard. So therefore, a Christian without a purpose is a failure. Remember I told you this. A life without a goal is an aimless life. Two, a life without a purpose is an unfulfilled life. And a life without daily self-examination is a frustrated life. And I told you to find your purpose in life. But let me help you know this. If God never did anything without a purpose, I will say to you, no wonder Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1 and 2 says, Be imitators of God therefore. As dearly beloved children, if you are going to be an imitator of God, then you must not do anything without a purpose. Don't go into a marriage without a purpose. Don't see a man and just say that he looks handsome and you're going to marry. That's a wrong, wrong decision. Don't go into a career without a purpose. Don't do anything in life without a purpose, number one. And make sure that your purpose is aligned with the purpose of God. What is the purpose of God for you? What is the purpose of God for you? Look at the book of Jeremiah again. What chapter is that? 29, what verse? What did he say to you? I know. The plans I have towards you, says the Lord. Yes. Plans not to harm you. Uh-huh. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Yes. Come on now. And plans to give you hope. So why should a Christian endeavor in ventures that is hopeless? It's not in line with God's will. So you fail. You must align your, your purpose with the purpose of God. I know the plans I have for you, declare the Lord, plans to prosper you. Why do you engage yourself in things that will not prosper you? It will fail. It will be a failure. And it says to give you hope and a future. But let me help you understand something that if you look at God, there are some characteristics you find in God. I told you about the characteristics that navigate through complex situation. They call it book in the business world. Now, God created the whole world by speaking the word. And John 1, from 1 to, to, to 4, tells us that the word was Christ. Yes? So, you can see the collaboration between the Father and the Son in creation. Alright? He didn't work alone. When he got to verse 26 of Genesis, he says, let us make man. You can see the collaboration of God. 
a creating man. Okay? So he could not fail. Because God has a purpose, he collaborates. Now, if you look at chapter 3, the Bible says that God will come to the Garden of Eden to see man. Isn't it? That is cooperation. Man can be seen, if you look at business time, as stakeholder. God included all stakeholders in his reasoning. Both the heavenly stakeholders, he made them recognize that we are going to create the earth. He made them recognize that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit will have a business to do. You guys watch. Because the book of, of Proverbs tells you, when the earth, the morning stars gathered and celebrated at the creation of the earth, God said, where were you? It's in the book of Job as well. So he told the morning stars, the angels, we are, you watch us, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, we are going to create a, a new earth and the universe. And he came with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and he began to make things happen. And the angels celebrated it, the Bible says. That, wow! But they haven't seen, the angels haven't seen it all. Until when he now said, let us make man in our own image. And then the angels were wondering, how will God make man? Will man come out of this God or whatever? And God took the earth and molded it into a figure that looks like him. And it went. And the clay started to. <laughs> my, oh my. If you were an angel and you saw that, what will happen to you? I will first collapse. That which can God be this? But beyond that, let me, see, let me say this to you. We are still mystery to angels. And the souls behaving like God. And Adam named everything. Angels could not. Everything God was, he was. And when men fell, no wonder Revelation tells you there was sadness in heaven. And the lion of the tribe of Judah showed up. God out of God became lion. God out of God became flesh. He opened the seal. And there was rejoicing in heaven. And they sang, Thou art worthy. Thou art worthy, O Lord. To receive glory, honor, and power. For Thou hast created all things. And for Thy pleasure they were and were. And then the time came. He came into the womb of a woman. Hallelujah. God is a collaborator. He came to redeem man. Man is a stakeholder. An external stakeholder. Come on, let me tell you. Why should you, a Christian, therefore, be doing everything with your head that you don't know that you need other people? That is why you fail. A business of, let me eat. Feed my belly, feed my family, and die. That is not from God. That is from your head. A business that does not consider impact of what is doing on the community that Jesus died for, and have in mind that through this business, many will come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. We fail. It's a business without purpose, or a purpose not aligned with God. A person who is looking for an employment to be on a senior staff level, who does not recognize that that level that I'm going, 
I will be in a position to use my position to help other people, okay, empower other people, and create similar leaders like myself in that organization, even if I'm going to leave the organization later. Such a man got frustrates. If you don't have such plan, if your plan is solo, only in your brain, there's a limit you can't go beyond. That is the limit of give us daily bread only. Just daily bread. A Christian must think like God. God thought about everything, both heaven and earth, for him to do things. He associated with everything. He collaborated with everything. No wonder he could invent things. No wonder he has no fear in the days of storm. Listen to me. God delegated part of his function to man. You are a leader who cannot delegate authority and rest to see those people function. You fail. You fail. When I die, CFT continues for five generations I've trained. And I leave a legacy every generation must train five down line. All right? That is why I tell you, nothing I do that you cannot do. No experience in God. And a good number of you, I'm happy you have seen Jesus. Even children in this church. I was preaching one day. And the four angels that God sent for ministry to work with me, they were standing this way. And then a young girl at the back of the auditorium in New Cross called the mother. He said, Mommy, mommy, look at those giants standing by apostle. And the mother said, Shut up. Because the power was charging. And I stopped. And I said, come on, child, can you not see these angels? And the mother busted into tears and said, Jesus, why can't I see you? Why can't I see you? Why can't I see you? Let me help you understand something. As a leader, for you to be impactful, it is shown by how many leaders you have raised. If you cannot raise your replica... You are a low ranger. A suffering man who dies with no reward. When you get to heaven, <laughs> you have nothing. Your work will be like straw, burned to ashes by fire. If Jesus went to the world and did that, you and I would not be saved. Watch Jesus out. Align your purpose with the purpose of God. Let me stop there. Let me give you scriptures to back that up. If your purpose is not in line with God, I'm giving you Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, which says you should be imitators of God, isn't it? Look at Isaiah chapter 8, verse 10, write it down. We'll look, look that more detail. It said, Devise is your strategy, but it will be drafted. Propose a plan, but it will not stand, for God is with you. So God draft strategies, God destroys plans, because they are not in line with God. And when God destroyed the plans of Christians, they were binding demons. And if you go to one of those ministers who would only take your money. <laughs> the Lord, you know, the Lord Jesus told me, one day when I was angry, and I just said, God, I want to die. Because of all the liars in this world. And the mob and crowd that followed them. I said, Lord, where are the peace with the truth? People don't come. And the Lord told me... <laughs> Every man will give account of every word that he has spoken. You lie to people? Second Corinthians 5.10 applies. 
We must all stand before the judgment throne of Christ. That we may give account to everything we have done in the bodily form, whether good or bad. Listen to me. The Lord told me, broad is the way that leads to hell. He said many follow it. Look, let me lie here. This place will be filled. It will be filled. If I begin to say to them that the enemy that did not let you eat, thunder will strike. Amen, amen. They will start coming. They will start coming. Yeah, yeah, they will start coming. Because, you know, the mentality of man when we are serving idol is to look for somebody who can do it for us. If I say, I will pass, and I will, you, you pay, I fast for you. They give me money. They don't want to work. Laziness. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ah, you come and say, ah, your problem is very, very big. Ah. Just tell us what it will cost. As long as we are not part of the cost. Eh? And say, yes, yes, yes. I can see them pursuing you. What did you do for them? They will say, ah. You got it right, man of God. Even they pursue me here. <laughs> and I say, ah, those who pursue you. Today is your last day. They will say, amen. They will come again. You say, amen. You understand? The second one is not really prayer. But before I say it, they will say, amen. You are not a dummy amen people here. <laughs> before you say amen, you will think well here. Because I teach you the truth. I will go to my grave in joy when my time is over. If you cry when I die, you remember what I said? I will get out of my coffin, I will slap you, and I will go back and sleep. All right, God frustrates plans and strategies that are not of His. Psalm 127, verse 1 Unless the Lord build the house, it laborers labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman watching me. So any labor or plan that is not aligned with God is in vain. Proverbs chapter 16 verse 3. Commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. Write these three things down. And that's my closing sequence. Plans without purpose come to nothing. No matter how much investment you put in it, you come to zero. And you waste your life and time. Number two, strategy without purpose shall be drafted, not by demons, but by God. A strategy that is not in line with purpose will be drafted. And God, out of the equation, is equal to total failure. God, out of the equation of your life, forget it. The race is not meant for the swift. Time and chance is God. The first thing I said to you, plans without purpose comes to nothing. Two, strategy without purpose shall be twafted. Okay? And number three, God, out of equation, is equal to total failure. Don't forget, I said to you, whenever you wake up each day, you should ask yourself, why am I alive today? You must address that question on a daily basis. Second question, what is my purpose for living? That is your ultimate aim. You must remember on a daily basis. What do I want to achieve in 10, 15, 10, 20 years? 
And number three, what are the tasks before me today? All right, and number four, does my task today align with my ultimate goal? Check it. If what you plan to do today is not in line with your ultimate goal, it's a waste of your life and time, and a waste of God's time. And finally, are your goals aligned with God's purposes? If your goals are not aligned with God's purposes, God frustrated. And you must not do anything without a purpose. But let me say this to you. Whatever you, you decide upon shall be what? Established. We will continue to talk about this in my next lecture with you. I will show you how purposes of man is blessed by God. Because the Bible says, whatsoever you shall decide upon will be established. But you understand that, you need to understand this first, that your purpose of the line of God. Let me say this to you. If you are supposed to be um, uh, an accountant, and you resign from accountancy, you say you are doing full-time ministry. You will suffer well if God didn't call you for full-time ministry. God will make sure that he suffer you very well. And then you'll be saying that demons are the ones who didn't let you rest. If you who want to lead people, you, are not, you have not overcome demons, how can you overcome the demons of other people? Am I saying something? And some people just say, the Lord is calling me. They resign from gainful employment. I haven't heard from their heart. And then they go and start. Oh, somebody told me that God is calling you. Why are you disturbing God's work with, uh, with uh, flesh work? They are, they are all liars. Because you see, you are the owner of your life. And what you do with your life is you alone. At the time you start to suffer, you go back to them. They will share with you from what they get. They are the ones who prophesy to you to leave your work. When God will send Paul, who did he send to him? He appeared to him by himself. Are we together? Paul did not feel in his mind to go and preach the gospel. He was a lawyer. Okay? The Lord appeared to him and sent him. Philip, when he started the program in Samaria, Acts chapter 8, and there was a revival, he called for those who God has sent to carry on. He didn't say, because I have captured the city, I should start Philip evangelistic ministry. He called for the apostles who God sent to do the church work. They came. Because he does not have the brain for church work, you know. Administration, he does, God didn't give him the grace. And then he went again and disappeared. That's why he was successful in what God sent him. Let me say this to you. All this the Lord is telling me, I feel the Lord is telling me. Don't feel for God. If God said something, say that he said. I will never resign from land surveying and mapping science and practicing. I was a land surveyor and mapping scientist. I will never resign if Jesus didn't appear to me. Even when Jesus appeared to me, I still told Jesus Christ that, but I'm a land surveyor. I'm not stupid. And Jesus told me, yes, I know that. What you should do first, you now do last. For me to leave land surveying, to come and preach, and I didn't hear from the one who Organize the preaching. Who instituted the preaching? I may be boxing the shadow. That is the reason why it is impossible for my work not to succeed. I cannot open my mouth and God don't speak. Impossible. He is the one who told me to leave lands of vain. Understand? If you don't do what God said you should do, you struggle. You struggle. I left many mates in lands of vain. 
Currently, I'm working with them to design the sections of the roads of Jesus City. Because I didn't, I didn't quit the practice. I still practice Lance of Unity today. But I don't have, I will have set up, my intention is to set up a photograph, a mapping company in England. So that I can get involved with all this mapping because all this your stuff for GPS. I did part of the project in not, not, not the London Polytechnic. That was my plan. But his plan supersedes. He appeared to me. Someone said, God is calling me. Ask him, who sent you? If he didn't appear to you, he will speak to you by dreams. He will speak to you by visions. If you just feel convinced in your heart, you cannot. You cannot be a pioneer by God without personal revelation from him. It's different from pastors that they appoint in churches and posts. Okay? If CFT appoints a pastor and will post you, if you are a professional, we'll tell you to keep your profession and be pastoring. We don't tell you to go and resign and put the life of your children and family into jeopardy. That is no God. You will use that career to feed your family and you will use your spiritual gift to feed the people. Okay? Until that work you are doing is substantive enough that it can pay what you are earning in, in, your, in your circular world. Somebody pastoring 50 people and he's, he's, he's jobless. You know, you can't do a work, but you went to resign from gainful employment to pastor 50 people. And you said that uh, the, the work of the Lord will feed you. Feed what? That is not God. That is not God. Because Paul was a lawyer. Then he became a tent maker. He practiced tent making throughout his life. And he said it in Corinthians, I do not earn salary. I'm entitled to it, but I work with my hand. I do business. Okay? Though some people call that um, um, apostle in the marketplace. There is no such a thing. Apostle is not a market. If you are an apostle, Second Corinthians chapter 12 verse 12, it says, if there is an apostle among you, I mark him with signs and wonders. That is apostleship. Okay? But you can be a minister and you can have gainful employment. Silas had. Paul had. Luke was a physician and he kept his practice in Philippi. Don't let anybody deceive you that. Go and resign from gainful employment. No. Do everything in every career you are get to the top so that you are a name in your field. Anything you do, do it with all your heart. People who probably are lesser, you can employ them and run a church effectively, but still keep your career. Your career doesn't stop you from preaching the gospel. As I'm talking to you now, I'm doing exam. I'm on my exam right now. For this to have arbitrator, my fellow. And when I leave this place now, I'm going to, to write my part one. Okay? And then... On Tuesday, I will do my full exam in, in class. I'm still today, I'll be doing my assignment in Cambridge University. And I'm preaching the word of God. Who told you cannot walk and, and preach? Go and walk and preach. If Jesus will not want you to do that, he will tell you by himself. If he did not tell you by himself, then don't resign. I will together now. You must align your purpose. With the purpose of Jesus. Come on, let's stand up and pray. We're going to pray for ourselves. You know the prayer we're going to pray? is in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17. And maybe verse 18 as well. 
What did he say in verse 17? Shall we read it together, please? Ephesians chapter 1, 17, please. Shall we read it together? Let's read it again. I want some of you to go on. If you are not in, in a political party in England, I beg you to join. All you members of CFT, join political party. Join either Labour or Conservative, if they are the one winning in your area. Don't join the one who lose. If they are the one winning, you will join them. Do you know what? I heard that, you know, we may be joining, we may, we may be going to do European Parliament election, isn't it? I finished my exam on Tuesday. I'm joining Labour Party in Brentwood on Wednesday, and I'm applying to be an MEP. I will. Let me say something to you. When I heard it, whether or not... I began to think that we Christians have sat on the fence for too long. We will hear the news and we pray for them. I have prayed enough for the parliament. It's time for you to become member of parliament. I have prayed enough. We keep praying, praying, praying. They keep doing something different. So let us go there and take over. Abby? You know when I apply, I will let you know. Then you can pray. <laughs> and those of you who can go, will go. Anywhere they go, I will follow them that I am the one they should nominate. I'm qualified now. Isn't it? All this confusion about common market, uh, custom union, single market. I know what you are talking about. When I watch them on television, I won't tell you one because we are live now. How can somebody suggest that Britain should go to uh, uh, custom union? That person doesn't understand what the word custom union means. That's why. Because if we vote that we want to do, want to engage other countries in business, custom union strangulates that. It's just three pillars. Free movement of goods, common custom, and you cannot go out to go and negotiate by yourself. And then you are not part of the lawmakers. It's not good for Brexiters and Brexinters. Yes. The deal that Theresa May gave, of all the deals, is still the most sensible deal. Don't let them tell, tell you nonsense. But even that deal is not good for us. What shall we do? Whatever the Lord shall say. Let us pray for the spirit of wisdom. Hallelujah. Begin to pray for wisdom and revelation. Wisdom and revelation of God. That you may, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So that you may know him better. Tell the Lord I want to know you better. Give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation. That I may know you better. Give me this with the wisdom and revelation. I want to see heaven. I want to see angels. I want to see Jesus. Open my eyes, O oh Lord. Fill me with revelation. Then pray the second prayer, verse 18. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. In order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Pray that God enlighten the eyes of my heart. I want to know the hope of my calling. I want to know. I want to know. Tell the Lord. 
And the riches of your inheritance. Let me see all the potentials inside me. Tell God, I want to see the potentials inside me. I want to fulfill everything God has ordained for me to fulfill on earth. And your incomparably great power for me who believe. Tell the Lord in this month of April, open my eyes to see. Father, I bless you, Lord. Help me to see the greatness of your power inside me. My King and my God, we worship you. In Jesus' anointed name we are prayed. Lord, I pray for everyone under my voice across the globe. From India to Africa. As those in India and Nepal are watching at this time and listening. Lord, and those who are in Europe to Africa. To the U.S. and to the Middle East. I pray, O God, that you open the eyes of our hearts. Enable us to see into ourselves through self-examination to recognize and to discover all the potentials you are putting us, which is for this earth. Help us to really understand who you are, our God, so that we may discover our identity, as you have said it, in you, and so that we will take our position in the affairs of men. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord increase you in the knowledge of God. May you grow deeper in discernment. May you grow deeper in the knowledge of this world. In this season that there is chaos, may you surface with innovative discoveries. The Lord will entrust you with solutions for this generation. If you are sick in your body, I command, you are made whole. Sickness, I curse you to die from the bodies. Ah, somebody listening to me that is suffering from anemia, you are healed in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. No matter how long it has been, I command the soul to be healed in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Every pain around your organ, I command it to cease in the name of Jesus. By his stripes you were healed. Your brain, your heart, your liver, your kidney, your eyes, the cells that comprise your body, your blood, made whole in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, we thank you. Every form of pain disappear from your body. Thank you, Lord, because it's done. With all eyes closed, I want to ask you. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you want to do that, raise your hand up and I'll pray with you. You want to invite Jesus to your heart. You have never done that before. You do it only once. Anybody? Jesus says, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father. Do I have anyone here today? Maybe somebody watching me on television now. Say after me, Lord Jesus. 
I thank you because you died for me. I believe in my heart that God raised you, Jesus, from the dead. I confess with my mouth, Jesus, come into my heart. I surrender my heart to you. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me all my sins. Thank you, Father, for saving me. In Jesus' name I ask. Amen. If this is your first time of praying that prayer and you are watching us on the television, on social media, can I say to you that it would be a great honor for us to hear from you. Please contact us on the information that is on the screen. We would like to share in your joy and also equip you with materials that will empower you in this new God that you have received.